Serenity Now. Serenity Now. <laughs> I love that episode. <laughs> That's and, great. And whenever whenever he was feeling stressed, Serenity Now. <laughs> <laughs> so we went through the ordering process of some groceries. Oh. And this is why I thought we should have done it yesterday. I know, but I couldn't find I, I couldn't find anything. No, but that's why I thought we should have did it when you got home. Because I said, hey, let's do it now, and let's do it this morning before we take the showers. And you're like, no, Bob. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, even before, I was, I couldn't find anything at the, the Safeway. That's fair. And, uh, you know, I, I was trying to figure out the night before Friday. Yeah, you were. And I still, I still couldn't find it. Yeah. And I was like, how, what am I supposed to get? Because... I've never bought a Bola's pork shoulder before. And I do my shopping at Freddy's. Yeah. And they have it there. Yeah. Well, we um, we <laughs> decided to have a compromise because I um, picked this, uh, is it called a um, pork uh, shoulder butt steak, which I'm not sure what that is, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be boneless, but it's like eight pounds of it. So I have, I'm a little bit worried that... It's not going to fit in my in my lasagna pan, but I'm hoping that it will. You think so? Yes. You bought that much meat? Well, I've done. We did the your turkey in your lasagna. Oh, pan. that's true. But that was uh, that. You're right because it, it was even more uh, uh more than uh, twenty pounds. Yeah, I think when you got what is it we did this summer the barbecue thing the brisket yes how many pounds is that oh i don't even know it was like a big boy it was a big boy but 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 you're right it does fit um that did fit and i think that was bigger than eight pounds right i think yeah we're gonna have to cook it for a little bit longer but it's not gonna be insane no and i like two or three hours right no because standard is three to three and a half half hours so this is gonna be like more four or four and a half hours Okay. But if we put it in fairly quickly after we get it, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, as soon as we season it with the liquid smoke and the um, the salt. And I'm thinking what we do, babes, is at the halfway point, yeah. we take it out and put the carrots in so that they don't overcook. Okay. Yes. And then we'll start work on the potatoes because we've got to peel them and everything. And, oh, boy. You know. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> So here's how we do it. When okay. it gets here, we season it, we put it in, mm-hmm. and then maybe we watch that episode of Columbo yep. when it's finished, because I believe it's an hour and 40 minutes. Yep. Then we'll put in the carrots. Are we going to uh, cut them or anything, or are we just going to no. put them in whole? We're, I mean, we'll cut the maybe stems off, but that's yeah. about it. Okay. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay, good. I think that'll work. I'm excited, babes. I'm excited too. I'm a little nervous because <laughs> I've never bought this before. So, but um, we decided to compromise and uh, use a, a half boneless pork um, pork tenderloin as a backup because it's like three pounds of meat. So yeah, that'll work. And Absolutely. I think we'll be able to. I mean, either way, we're getting pork and potatoes tonight. So, but what if I don't want it? <laughs> you will. <laughs> you will. I just say when it comes out of the <laughs> oven, I don't want this for dinner. Can we get pizza oh, instead? <laughs> and I'd be like, I bought this for us. Yes. I would be so mad at you. That sounds like something that you wouldn't say. No. That sounds like something that somebody else would say. That sounds like a little kid would do that, right? I don't want it. Now, if I were to say something like that, I would think very hard before <laughs> right. even getting it. I would be like, well, we don't have any time. We got this going on. Can we just order something? Yes. Because I would really have to think about it. But a, but a five year old be like, Mama, I want pizza. I don't want to eat pork chop. This is why we don't have five year olds here. <laughs> no, exactly. Because <laughs> they're very picky. They're very they picky. Are. They're very picky until they get to a certain age and they're like, ooh, I want this. I remember one time, babes, I'm with my nephew and my sister. And my nephew is maybe three at the time yeah and my sister's making tostadas for everybody mm-hmm. so she said do you want this and he's like okay do you want this okay okay and then really? he gets it and eats like a bite of it wow yeah okay <laughs> but i think he's getting to the age where he'll just you know he'll just wolf stuff down yeah i think he's eats a lot of different types of foods yeah but, but and, and then as soon as a boy turns you know 12 13 he wants to eat everything in sight mm-hmm. unless they're eggs no, no, no. Boys don't like eggs. That's true. Eggs are good for you, bub. Oh, that's what they say. 
It is. And and especially if they're made correctly, not like how your parents made them. Oh. Oh. What's the notification? I like your new you tone. Like, you like my text tone? Yeah. It's called Anticipate. Nice. Nice. I've had her before. She's a good one. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I remember her. Yes. <laughs> you like that one? Bum, 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 That's bum, good. Bum, bum, bum. That's yeah. good stuff. Because before you used to be ding. And I like that too. It's straight to the point. Yeah. Yeah. It is, but it's like I want something interesting. Mm -hmm. So, so it's like, oh, I gotta check my messages. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and then my voicemail tone is a chime. Yes. I like that one. That's good, babes. Yes. Yes, yes. And of course, I have They Reminisce Over You as my <coughs> tone. Yeah. By Pete Rock and Seal Smooth. Yes. That's everybody loves, or they should. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I like this lady. I, she, she likes to personalize her messages. I think it's good. That's good. There was one time I had a really good Instacart driver. It was either Instacart or Walmart, and they left a thank you note. On my, um, I've had that a couple of times. Package, yeah. That's nice. I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. If you go that extra mile, you're more likely to remember the person in a positive way. Or they're, if you do it, they're more likely to remember you, rather. Yeah. Yeah. There was one time, I think I might have ordered from Walmart, and that was, this is when I was living with my landlords, and they dropped it outside of the door, and I went and got it, and uh, she actually offered to help me get the, the food inside. That's nice. And she's like, oh, do you need any help here? And, and some people are really, really nice. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice people. Yes. I like that there, little J-Wall. Yes. Yes. So we're getting pork tonight, babes. I think we are. I'm excited. Yes. I think this will be really good. It's been a minute since yeah. I've made Kahlua pork. It's been a minute since I've had Kahlua pig. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> this isn't going to taste, you know... As good as it does in Hawaii, because we don't have 24 hours to cook this thing underground. Yeah. And we don't have, right now we don't have Hawaiian sea salt, or I think it's called keave salt. Yeah. Um, my, my auntie was talking about that the other day, because I was talking to my mom and my aunt, and um, through FaceTime, she's like, oh, you should get the, the Hawaiian salt. And my mom's like, I don't think they have it there. You can get it, but it's a little bit difficult. I don't know if it's uh, at any of the stores that Instacart has. Yeah. But sea salt is, I'm sure it's not the best alternative, but it works. Or kosher salt. Kosher salt is good. Yeah. Um, and I like kosher salt because it's a little bit healthier. Mm -hmm. Um, and it it and it does have a lot of flavor. And <clears throat> but um, it's kind of like uh, you know, when you're trying to find Hawaiian sea salt, it's kind of like trying to find um Hawaiian host chocolates. Yeah. You kind of have to look for it. If you go to Hawaii, you can find it at different places. But in the mainland, it's a little bit more cumbersome. Exactly. I remember, babes, I went to Wendy's in Austin. Yep. This wow. had to be like 2011. And, oh. No, 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 no worry. Okay. And it had been a hot minute since I'd gone there, but I wanted <coughs> some fries. Yeah. Because at the time I didn't eat meat. Yeah. And I ordered them and they'd switched to using sea salt for their fries. Uh -huh. I bite in the first one. I'm like, these are really salty. Oh, wow. <laughs> I almost didn't They oversalted it. Yes. Wow. Huh. But I think now people are, are um, it depends on the sea salt you get too. Because I heard that the um, unrefined uh, sea salt is really good. Mm-hmm. And you said that you like the pink uh, Himalayan, Himalayan salt. salt. Yeah. That's the one I use yeah. a lot. Yeah. There we go. Gosh. There we go there, little Jim. So now, so I think it's really interesting. It's very confusing with health news because before they said avoid salt at all costs, right? But now they're very specific and they say table salt isn't good for you, but sea salt or kosher salt is healthier than than table salt. And it's also how much you eat it. So even something that's really good for you, if you overdo it, is right. bad. I only do like a dash of salt if I'm flavoring something. Well, this one is going to need more than a dash. More than, more than a dash of salt. Just to let you know. But that's, I know that. Yeah. It's going to be um, saltier than, but it's going to be good for the, the meat. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it really all depends on what meats you're salting and what you're salting. Yes. 
Yeah. I think it's going to be good there, little J. Wall. Yeah. We didn't get to the big news yesterday. The oh. big news? What? Oh, your phone keeps going off. I know. It's the time. It's the well, time. that actually might relate somewhat to the news. So, um, cable services are dying, right? A lot of people are unsubscribing because of streaming and whatnot. And streamers want to get more of the audience, uh-huh. right? But not just from cable, from other streamers. Uh-huh. So there's been attempts to integrate news into streaming. Yeah. And this isn't confirmed, but the word on the street is that Max, because they also own CNN, uh-huh. this is a CNN thing I wanted to oh, talk about. Oh, I was right, because you didn't tell me yesterday. Yeah, yeah I, I just spaced on it. Yeah. They want to have more CNN programs on the Max app, which I'm not a CNN fan, but you no. you don't have to watch that. But yeah. the, another thing they're thinking about doing, uh-huh. and I really hope they don't do this, yeah. is they want to add in the ability to interrupt if you're watching a movie or TV show with breaking news from CNN. Oh, jeez. Which, again, that's a rumor at this point. It's not confirmed. And oh, a lot take, of people are not going to like that. If they do that, I will quit the Max app, which you know right. I use a lot. A lot of people are not going to like that. Yeah. I, I don't think people are going to be happy with it. I think there's going to be a lot of, like, pushback and saying, no, we, we, we don't want to interrupt our show with breaking news from CNN. When you can either you can easily find it on exactly websites. if you want to go there, then do your thing. But yeah. don't interrupt my Humphrey Bogart movies for yeah, yeah. this you, stuff. You can easily find it on the CNN website. Which oh, wait a second. Sorry, that's okay. Oh, is that a phone call? No, it's a it's a text. Okay. Oh my goodness. We're getting a different type of pie, folks. Daddy, can I have $500? Okay. Oh, you're Hillary doing Banks. Hillary Banks. <laughs> By the way, the uh, Marie Callender's uh, pies that you bake, they're really good, actually. Oh, good. I've tried uh, their raspberry pie. Yeah. Good. Here we go. Cool. So that's going to suck. You know, when you're just doing that Hillary impression, I finished that book Oscar Wars yesterday. Oh, wow. She checked out? Yeah. All right. So that's really distracting. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. That's all good. Um, and it ends with the Chris Rock slap. <laughs> okay. And the the guy in the book said that somebody, I guess people saw after the whole Will Smith debacle later on that night, he was at a nightclub yeah. dancing with his Oscars. Really? Or with his Oscar, rather. His Oscar. Okay. And somebody put on Getting Jiggy with it, and he started singing along to it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and you've, I don't know. It's been a year and a half, and Will Smith hasn't really come back from that. What is it? Didn't this happen last year? Yeah, but it happened okay. in, like, March. Oh, okay. But, I, I, one, I never thought that would happen. Yeah. And, two, I didn't think that somebody, like, Will Smith's not going to be the same after this. Well, it's going to cause him to think for sure. Yes. Really, really think about how he conducts himself in public now because people have been watching him for years. He's always been the kind of guy, to me anyway, um, to say, you know, when he was wrong. Yeah. Like, when he did the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion, I was really impressed by it. I was too, with the Janet Hubert stuff. Yes. With the the Janet, the Janet, Janet Hubert. God, Janet. Bubs. Stop it. Sorry, go ahead. You're interrupting me. Okay. Um, The Janet Huber thing where he talked to her and they were talking uh, to each other and there it didn't seem like there was any hard, feel, hard feelings for a while. Yeah. Because they had some time to think it over and 
he hugs her, she hugs him, they see her again. It seemed like everybody was really happy to see her. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, there was no there was no time lost. And by the way, she defended him after the Chris Rock thing. Did she? What did yes. she say? I forget exactly, but I remember seeing a headline. I shouldn't say she defended him. I should say I saw a headline on Google saying ja- Janet Hubert defends Will Smith after Chris Rock slap. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I don't defend anybody slapping anyone. Especially unless, for a joke. Unless they actually needed to do that and try to get them away from them because they were being threatening towards yeah. them. But why couldn't he just, you know, why couldn't he just talk to Chris Rock afterwards and say, hey, uh, what you said wasn't cool. What did you mean by that? Were you just joking? Especially if you're looking at the video, he's laughing like 10 seconds earlier. Uh, Will Smith is. Uh-huh. And... I know you haven't seen it, but Chris Rock did a comedy special for Netflix. Yeah. And he talks about this only for the like the last 10 minutes of the special. Yeah. And the rest of the special is about other stuff. But he says, people forget how strong Will Smith is. He played Muhammad Ali in a movie. Uh-huh. So yeah. he's a big guy. You just don't think of him that way because yeah. you just think of him as Will Smith. Right, exactly, yeah. And Chris Rock is a funny guy, but I don't know how strong he is. He sounds like he's a smaller guy. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's what I... Not like super small, but smaller than Will Smith. Not like scrawny, but smaller than Will Smith. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was... I thought it was interesting that that Chris Rock didn't um, press charges. And I guess that's that's how he felt like he didn't want to make a big deal out of it. Yeah, that was his choice. And that was his choice, and... I thought that was a very gracious move on his part because mm-hmm. he could have easily done it. Like I have lawyers and I can I can see your butt. You know? They said that representatives talked to him as soon as he got off stage and said, "We can arrest Will Smith right now." Oh, ten eighteen. It is now ten fifteen. So, okay. So why don't we pause this? Yeah. And we'll do some short stuff after we get the stuff in. But I think we should prep the uh, Kahlua. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. We'll come back. We'll come back. I will. She won't. I'm joking. And we're back. We are back. And we have success. Well, not yet. Not we yet. Put the the pork that'll become Kahlua pork, hopefully, Yeah. into your oven. Uh, unfortunately, we, we got the bone-in pork. Uh, the por- the bone and pork steak, but I didn't know that. <clears throat> but it actually might give it a, a better flavor. It does add to the flavor. I just yeah. don't like the whole bone in. I know. Yeah. I would rather but have it bone uh, without the bone because it's easier to deal with. But it'll taste better. It will taste better, and we will figure out how to take off the bone. Yes. Uh, we are going to have mashed potatoes, buttery, rich... Yummy, milky mashed potatoes. That's right. They have little table. I'm excited. They are. And we are gonna we are gonna use a mixture of uh, Yukon Gold and russet. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I can't wait. I'm excited. I I bought some uh, butter and we've got cheese and sour cream and we're gonna add that. Um, we're gonna add that as uh, things progress, and uh, we'll go for there. I'm really excited about today's meal. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yesterday was really good. Um, and I'm going to give you some of that to, to take home. Yes. What did we do yesterday? We made um, turmeric chicken rice casserole. Turned out super good. And it got no likes on Facebook. Really? That's right. It was good. It tasted good. That's the important thing. Yes. But we um, it definitely tasted like uh, chicken tikka masala rice. Mm-hmm. Um, the rice that we used was uh, basmati rice. And... I think maybe I should have um, rinsed it a little bit more because some of it tasted um, a little bit grainier, but it was it wasn't bad. It was it was fine. Yeah. Um, but the the rice was really good. We added um, grated carrot to it, um, and turmeric and ground ginger and pepper and salt. Onion. Onion. Yeah, the onion gave it a really good flavor too. It did. Onion and one grated carrot. Yeah, it was, it was super good. I liked it, babes. And you're going to go home with some. I like that even more. Yeah. Add some cheese to it. Yeah, sour cream. Maybe a little bit of sour cream. A little bit of sour cream. Yeah, a touch of the sour stuff. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about what this, what's, this meal is going to turn out. I am, too. Well, we made the brisket 
it was very daunting because I bought a huge brisket, as I have said in a past podcast episode. And not only that, but like at the last minute, we get invited to something. <laughs> so we have to turn the oven off like halfway <laughs> through the thing and go to that and then come back and then turn it back on. It was a whole deal. Now, I personally wasn't sure if I even wanted to go to this thing. Yeah, but it was, you know, for a friend of mine. And it was for um, uh, a friend's daughter. So yeah. I thought, okay, well, let's see how it turns out. But the brisket ended up tasting really good. It was super yummy. It was nice and flavorful. Mm -hmm. The next time we do it, I think I should get a half one. That's fair. That one was a little too big. Yeah. Yeah. But I've gotten turkeys bigger than that. It was super rich. Yes, it was. But delicious. I've gotten turkeys bigger than that, but still. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. I remember, remember that? I think it was the last Thanksgiving where you recorded as we were making the turkey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it wasn't for an episode, but it was for one of our things that we recorded privately. And I'm like, okay, I guess we can record it while we're making potatoes and turkey and stuff. I believe start to finish... You know, with prepping everything before yeah. putting it in, yeah. that was three hours and 40 minutes. Yes, it was, which yeah. I, I thought it was going to... Now, had we been cooking for more people, it would have taken a lot longer. Absolutely, because it's just the two of us. We would have had to do that overnight mm -hmm. and prepared everything and made sure we had enough gravy. And we would have to do like the, the last minute touches the next day. But it, it, it turned out really good. It was really moist. If you do end up going back to see your relatives for Thanksgiving, yeah. I'll give you a copy of that so you can listen to it. So it'll still be like you're spending Thanksgiving with me. And you can just walk around the place saying, hey, I'm wishing you a wick. Oh, well, uh, let me think about that, bub. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes. This will probably be a shorter one mm -hmm. because you wanted to watch some Columbo and whatnot. So... Why don't we kind of go into take, talking about the movies really quick? Yeah, before we do that, though, yeah. I checked it out. And the episode I'm going to show you today, Troubled Waters. Yeah. Is, and it's not my favorite episode, but it's a pretty good one. And most people uh, say it's near. It's it's a good episode. So I thought, you know, which one do I want to start with? And I th thought, let's just start with this one because I saw it recently, too. Mm -hmm. So I did a little bit of checking. A Woman Under the Influence came out in November of 74. Mm -hmm. And Troubled Waters, the Columbo episode, came out in February of 75. Wow. So think about that when you're watching this. This is the public seeing him in two very different roles within three and a half months of each other. Yeah, exactly. And and one role, he's just this crazy guy with yeah. a crazy wife. He just He just completely lost his mind. But it sounds like in Columbo, he's a lot more calmer, but he's also a bumbling detective. Yeah. And an interesting thing about this show is the audience sees the murder. Yeah. So we know who did it. Oh. But, and, and that's the case with every episode. But the interesting thing is to see how Columbo figures, figures out who does it. I think it's probably why the show is popular. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, did you uh, did you see my wife, as you would say? <laughs> yes. Did you see his wife? I don't have a wife. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm not like that. Did you see his wife? Yes. Alana's heard me talk to her a little bit about the show. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but I think you'll enjoy Columbo. There are better episodes than this one, you said, you would say? There are episodes that I enjoy more, but this is a really good one. Oh, good. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg did some Columbos. And, really? Yeah. Because that was before he was famous. And again, these were TV movies mm -hmm. that, in retrospect, people just think of as a TV series mm -hmm. because it ran for so long. Nice. Yeah. But anyways, that's a little bit of the history about Columbo. Very good. Yes. The movies last night. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what to think about these films going in. Yeah. Um, we have never seen... A Humphrey Bogart movie that we hated. Yeah. Some have been better than others, but none of them have flat out sucked. No, no. All of them were just very good. And of course, Treasure of the Sierra Madre was his best film. That's really what he should have gotten the Oscar for and not The African Queen. No. But no, The no. African Queen is an okay film. It's just not it's, on the same level. It's okay, but there was more adventure in Treasure of the Sierra Madre. And you also saw a... Uh, 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 
Walter Houston in it. And there's more complexity with the characters, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I understand that a lot of people love The African Queen. It's just not... It's near the bottom of my list of Bogart films. When did that movie come out? Was that 57? 51. 51. He died in, I want to say, 56 or 57. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was an excellent movie. Uh, This one was called Dead what, what Which one were you just asking? Because you said that was an excellent movie. Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh, I thought you were talking about The African Queen. Treasure of no. the Sierra Madre was 47. Yeah. I believe Houston's, both Houston's won. I believe Walter Houston won for Best Supporting Actor. And I want to say John Houston won for either Best Picture, because I think it was a producer on the movie too, or Best Director. I can't, I can't remember which one. Mm. Yes. But anyways. <laughs> okay. Uh, last night, what did we see with Humphrey Bogart? We saw... Or Humphrey, um, as some people call it. <laughs> that, was some, that was a Freudian slip on my part. Like, we were both laughing at it. Yes. And I said, yeah, Humphrey Bogart. I meant to say Humphrey Bogart. Uh, it's called Deadline USA. Yes. It's about a newspaper um, who was on the brink of being bought out. Do you want me to give the brief yes. overview? Yes, please. Okay, so it's 1952. Humphrey Bogart's running this newspaper, and we get the sense that he worked there for a while because it's a family-owned newspaper, and he knew the dad who is no longer with, who's passed away, Mm -hmm. and his daughters really want to sell it to the competition, and Humphrey Bogart knows that if this newspaper is sold, it's going to shut down. Yep. Now, also happening at this time... There is a crime boss in the city who killed a woman and has been getting away with various other underhanded things for decades, basically. Yep. yep. But Humphrey's beginning to think that he can expose this guy. Uh-huh. And he, once he finds out that the newspaper's closing, he's like, okay, we're going to devote a complete issue to this one dude mm-hmm. to try to get after him. That does a couple of things. One, it makes the crime, the criminal, uh, take notice. And two, it makes it harder to sell the newspaper because everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. So the mom of the family decides that she wants to make a counteroffer on the newspaper because now people are talking about it again. Mm-hmm. The daughters don't want this, but you know the judge makes his decision and Humphrey Bogart, who was supposed to get 1% of the sale, they cut him out of that. Mm-hmm. Now, he's also dealing with his ex-wife. Yeah, she has divorced him, but he is not accepting of the divorcement. He wants to get back together with her. And Humphrey Bogart basically ends up exposing the mob a boss. And we're going to call yeah. him a mob boss, for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah, mob boss, yeah. That's the movie... The short explanation, but I have some questions about it I want to ask you. Okay. These older movies, there's something I've noticed, which is not going to be a shock to you. Yeah. In a lot of the ways, they're dated, Uh right? So we're talking about newspapers instead of social media. Or or newsrooms. Right. Are using phone booths instead of just grabbing your (laughs) cell phone. (laughs) Right, exactly. But in other ways... They're more modern than a movie that comes out today even, right? Because this movie talks about media consolidation. It talks about corruption, not just with the media, but also, you know, politicians being bought and sold in a sense. And and corporations. Yeah, because this guy runs the city and he's also a businessman, the criminal. It talks about uh, the disillusion of love. Yep. And somebody who's moved past that person and another one who doesn't want to give it up. Yeah. So it's this weird duality of old-fashioned and modern. Uh-huh. And what does Humphrey Bogart teach us about media consolidation in this movie? Hmm. <clears throat> what do you think? Well, I think he teaches us that in order... I mean, he kind of says it in the movie. In order to have a free press... You need to have many different perspectives. Right. And if one guy is going to own all the newspapers in town, you shut off a lot of those voices that otherwise would get heard. Well, it almost reminds me of, you know, the iHeart Radio app, right? Yes. Where 
before when we were kids, it was local radio stations that were um, playing on the radio. It wasn't like this big conglomerate that has all the radio stations and a lot of people are not happy with it. I know I'm not. I'm not either. I like um, I like uh, viewer-supported radio um, a lot because you hear what you want to hear. It isn't like the same thing over and over again. Yeah, listener-supported radio is really, really good. Yeah, listener-supported radio is great. And, and that's the kind of radio that we grew up listening to. Exactly. And so the same thing that happened in newspapers happened to radio. It happened to TV. It's happening in the podcast world. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, well, a, a question has to be asked, right? Some ways you could say we never learned our lesson. And in other ways you could say, no, yeah. we did learn the lesson. Yeah. The problem is the people who really control things also learned that lesson. And instead of thinking, oh, isn't it this terrible? There's only going to be a few voices that get heard. Yeah. Their process is more like, isn't this great? Because the fewer voices, the fewer complaints we're going to have against our power base yeah exactly so i don't know this film is timeless in a way it is it it, it also reminds me a little bit about network i could see that i could go with that but why don't you elaborate a little well because howard beale was the kind of guy that was thinking outside the box you didn't always agree with him but you agree with you could agree with him on some things like don't listen to what the tv is telling you um think about what your parents told you but also question it too um in other words he said he was telling people to question things Mm -hmm. i kind of see humphrey bogart in this movie and i don't remember the name of this character hutchison Hutchison. mr hutchison that's right i don't remember his first name i think he's more like howard's friend max yeah i would agree yeah. Yeah. This is an underrated gem. It's good. I haven't seen this movie on any lists of great films from the 1950s. Yeah, but this one this one should be uh, close to the top because it was really well done. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I thought it was kind of interesting with the scene where they're going to the bar and it almost seemed like they were at, it almost seemed like they were at a church service except they were at a bar. Yes. Because uh, yeah. this is where Humphrey Bogart Hutchinson basically tells the staff that you have two weeks of pay coming to you mm-hmm. and then we're done. Yeah. And let's go out and live it up one last time. Yeah. And then they start taking the shot at the villain and things kind of come together the way they do. Right. Okay, here's another question for you. Yeah. I'm usually against remakes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they should remake this movie. Because if they did, they'd have to make changes to it. It yeah. wouldn't be about newspapers. It would be about social media. Yeah, something like that. that. Yeah. Do you think that a film like this could get a remake or could get made today? That is a really good question because we are living in the day, the days of censorship and cancel culture, mm-hmm. you know. And we are living in the day of people asking what is fake news and what isn't fake news. So there's a lot of question. Um, there's a lot of questioning going on from the viewers. Yep. So I don't know that it would be able to be made today. And if you could make it today, you would have to probably do it through an independent company. Yeah, and it might not get seen because because I know Hollywood is very. Um, it controls a lot of things. I I don't know that Hollywood would want this to be, be seen at all. You would have to work with a independent company, but. But I find that uh, people that make independent movies are actually going to more independent movies. I mean, I'm sorry. People that are making independent movies are getting more viewers that are going to their movies than they would if they were if it was done by Hollywood. And then there's always this gray area because a lot <laughs> of these independent studios are owned or partner with big companies. So it becomes a complicated thing. But I hear what you're saying. I don't think every independent studio is... If it's really, really independent, then a lot of people um, will either go to see it or they'll listen to other studios tell them not to see it. But it becomes harder to get seen if you don't partner with a big company. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it becomes a lot more difficult. So there's something that's been going on recently that I've Mm -hmm. just kind of been hearing about here and there. Yeah. But I find interesting. Mm -hmm. We watched the movie Don't Look Up. 
Yep. And it's really good. Yeah. And it's, there's some weird parts to it, but it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, actually. it's a really good movie. Yeah. Adam McKay, who directed it and mm-hmm. got a lot of praise for this movie, has made another film. Mm-hmm. And it is about, uh, from what I've heard, Washington lobbyists. Mm-hmm. And the other word on the street is, so don't look up what I've, I've also heard is uh, one of the most popular Netflix original movies. It may not be number one, but it's like within the top five. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that he's been trying to sell this film and nobody wants to buy it. So he financed wow. it himself and he can't find a distributor for his next movie. And nobody wants to buy it. And... It's been getting good audience responses at a lot of these film festivals, too. So it's not like people have been hating on it. Yeah. People have been laughing and enjoying it. But because it's about Washington lobbyists, nobody wants to make a distribution deal with them. Do you think it's because people are scared? Yes. They're, they're really, really scared because if they do, they're going to lose their jobs? I don't think it's as clear-cut as they think they're going to lose their jobs. But I do think they are scared to question power. Mm-hmm. Because then that gets people thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not that one movie is going to make everybody rise up and storm the Capitol. But it is the thing of, well, then you're thinking a little bit about it. And then that makes us less popular in Washington when we want to advocate for some new uh, legislation. Well, I think of the book 1984, right? And... The world that Winston Smith was living in, right? Yeah. Where people were, um, for lack of a better term, uh, they disappeared. They were not no longer heard from again. You didn't hear their name. No one talked about them. Uh, people were working at, you know, the Ministry of Truth and, and what have you. And people were, you know, people were talking about what happened after the revolution, What's going on? Or, or before the revolution, I think. What happened before the revolution? Because I've been hearing about these people, but they're all gone now. And then before you know it, there's double speak. People yep. are thinking differently. They're speaking differently because they don't want to say what they're really thinking. Because they're afraid of the thought police. Because if they're found to have had thought crimes, they're disappeared. It almost sounds like that almost. And that's a tale as old as time. Yeah. We recognize how it's going on in our society because it's happening now. But it obviously, listen, 1984 is a metaphor for what was going on in George Orwell's time. Because there wasn't, at least not that I know of, an organization called the Ministry of Truth. But, the but there were of love, versions yeah. of that that yeah. had different names, right? Yeah. So it just keeps repeating and repeating itself mm-hmm. throughout history censorship and consolidation of how do you hear what you hear it could take the form of radio it could take the form of newspapers i'm sure back when there were tribes it took the form of only this person is allowed to tell us what's going on yeah and like um in camps yeah different camps i would i would imagine that on indian reservations it was like that I don't know, but I don't know. I, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even matter what tribe, uh, an African tribe or something. Or or, or a Native American tribe, whatever right. tribe it is. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So. The Teal tribe. No. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> They're only getting I, their information from Teal. I joke, I joke, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and I say definitely, but I'm joking too because Teal is probably very litigious and Rick doesn't need to get sued, yeah, so that was uh, and, a, a word that I shouldn't have used, and being, even though it was meant to be funny. And being that I actually saw the clip of Teal Swan and some and people were questioning what she said about her childhood, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, how she was raped for something like 10 years and saw babies sacrificed in front of her by a family friend. I may have the number of years wrong, but it was some crazy stuff like that. But people were questioning her because there are people that actually knew her yeah and i don't know what went on yeah sounds like this this young woman is not very uh stable emotionally it sounds like that but we also heard you know those stories from the lame stream media so oh my goodness no no but i mean if you're questioning something like that and even the the mainstream media is saying it then there has to be something nice that's all i have to say about that there we go i don't i i don't have any qualms about teal swan but she sounds pretty intense. From what we've heard. <clears throat> yes. And then there was that crazy story about how, you know, let's not even get into the Tales Swamp thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> you know it's bad when I'm saying let's don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and there's so many examples of that. But anyway, we we digress. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think we'll ever live in a society that is really pro-free speech. If that makes any sense. We always have the um, illusion of that. I, I think we want it, but people think of, people have ideas of what really free speech is. Like, is it free for anybody or is it just free for me? Or is it just free for other people? But you exclude those people. Yeah. Um, when somebody speaks out against uh, a cause that somebody is is um, not supportive of, and then they're canceled. So did they, I mean, their free speech was threatened. Um, so I don't know. It's, and it's, it's a more complicated question because then you say, well, what is free speech? Like you can say what you want, but does that mean that you're free of consequences? No, you're not free of consequences. Right. So you shouldn't be free. You should not be free of consequences. I think that with everything that we say, um, there is going to be some consequences, but that that's the sacrifice that um, people have made in the past. Yeah, it's a very complicated issue. Yeah. Yes. But it's a sacrifice that people would make for freedom. And we don't need to go down this road, but pretty much everybody in some form or another is against free speech, I've noticed. Like, even people who say they're for it are for it to an extent if people are agreeing with them. Or... If they're not agreeing with them, they're arguing about the mainstream arguments, right? So we don't have to go too far down this road, but mm -hmm. you can have a dialogue with somebody about the legalization of marijuana. And if somebody disagrees with you, you could say, okay, but they're pr practicing their free speech. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I think that crystal meth should be legalized. Mm -hmm. And I actually do, but not because I smoke it, but because... Smoked it, right? I, I don't uh -huh. smoke... No, uh -huh. babes, you didn't, I'm dyslexic. What I'm saying is I don't smoke it, but I think that it should be legal. But if you say that to a lot of people, they'll say that that's outside of the bounds of something that should be dis discussed in public. Like, we shouldn't even have a discussion whether or not crystal meth should be legal. Mm. Or, for that matter... All drugs should be legal. Uh, for for that matter, people saying that all drugs should be legal. Yeah, you're not supposed to say that publicly. Which I'm I'm very much against because I don't think it helps anything. But we've already discussed. Yeah, and I'm very much for it because I'm pro freedom. But that's a discussion for another time, and that's a complicated thing. Yeah. Yes, and we want to watch Columbo and hear about his wife. But first, babes. Yeah. Tell me about the second movie. The second movie, so I'm going to make this quick too. Yeah. The second movie was called Sleep My Love and it really reminded me of the movie we saw uh, a while back called Gaslight with Ingrid Bergman. Um, this woman, her name is Allison Cortland and we see her on a train. She comes out of her state because I guess she thought... She thought that she was sleepwalking and didn't really understand what was going on. She's like, I wasn't on this train. Uh, and, and she ends up going to Boston and she's on her way back to her place um, called Sutton Place, which is a name of a house yeah. in New York. Yeah. She meets uh, a woman named Grace, who we find out later on is married to uh, Dr. Reinhardt, I believe. Uh, and going. that kind of goes in the picture. Uh, well, apparently what's been going on is her husband, uh, his name is Dick Cortland. He's been behind, um, what was that? That was you. That was you. The, that wasn't me. Oh. Uh oh, someone's making some weird noises. Let's talk about the noise. That's you. Anyway, so Dick Cortland has been, um, a part of a scheme to make his wife think that she's crazy enough to kill herself. And what he's been doing is he's been reading a book called, um, I think it's like drugs under hip hypnosis or something, something about hip hypnotizing somebody while they're um, sleeping, sleeping. Yeah. And so you find out in the movie that he has been telling her to do things like go to the balcony and get away from this man with the, 
horn-rimmed glasses because he's out to kill you and she's been seeing him over and over again as she's um, been at home. Meanwhile, uh, Dick is seeing this woman named Daphne who is also in cahoots with Dr. Reinhardt and Grace. Well, Grace is kind of a woman in the background who's kind of dumb. Yeah. That's uh, Charles's uh, wife. And um, and then there's this guy named Bruce who's a friend of Allison. I think she's... She was staying with them? Yeah, Bruce and uh, their friend Barbie, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if Barbie was with Bruce or not, but they were good friends. Nice. It sounds like. And uh, Bruce has been very, very... Um, he has been very worried about Allison because he has a, he had a feeling that something was going on with her and the husband and that it wasn't good. And he's been trying to warn her about, oh, uh, don't drink your hot chocolate before you go to bed because um, something happened to you the other night. And I know because I was there and you were on the balcony and you almost killed yourself. And I found you unconscious. But anyway, um, things escalate and um, Mr. Cortland tries to uh, hypnotize her into thinking that she needs to get a gun and kill herself and the doctor. But anyway, I'll just say that two people are killed and Mrs. Cortland leaves nice. with Bruce. Yes. But I don't want to go into any more because you have to see it. Yes. It's a really good movie. Actually. It is really good. I wasn't expecting much because it had a low IMDb rating, but you really wanted to see it. I'm like, oh, okay, let's see what happens with this one. But I enjoyed it. I think Gaslight is a better movie, yeah. but this movie's good too. Yeah, this this actually did um, shed light on the term Gaslight as well. Yeah. Um, what would you give um, Deadline USA? I'd give that one an eight. Oh, a strong for sure. Eight. Yeah. Yeah, I would give it a strong eight too. This one I'd give a seven. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A strong seven, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff there, babes. Well, before we wrap it up. Yeah. I know that you had a dream and it's a weird one. It is the, uh, it is a really weird one. I mean, the one about the suitcase was weird, but this was even weirder. So I had a dream that I was at this like cafeteria place with a bunch of people and I was going to do something else, but I ended up with this um, group of people and they were really excited because they saw this guy come in and, um, he was a guy that I actually went to school with, except um, the guy I went to school with had a, I think he had like a learning disability. I almost said his name too. Oh. Well, he was telling me what was going on with him. He was moving, he moved uh, to a different state and I guess he got involved with some kind of like a wildlife preserve or whatever, a reserve, um, like a treasury or something. You know how in um, the 80s they had these uh, wildlife treasury cards or something? No. You never heard that? No, I didn't. Yeah, there were ki they were um things that kids could get, I guess. Oh wow. That might have been a little bit before my time since I'm younger than you. I'm, you're not that much younger. Okay, but keep going. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so that was interesting. But then this guy told me, "Okay, you got a choice. You can read a a paper about snakes or you can touch the snake that's in a box underneath this table." And I'm like, "I think I'd rather sit here and read." So I'm reading this paper, I don't understand it. And I notice that when I move the chair backwards, the box moves with it because it's underneath the chair. Well, something happened. Yeah. I think I tipped the box over and the snake um, comes out of it and it grabs onto my back and I'm screaming for someone to help me. And I'm horrified as, as you would be. Sure. And I get the snake off of my back and then it grabs onto my hand and I seriously thought the snake took off my finger but my hand was still intact and I was okay. And I woke up and I was pretty shaken because it, it seemed like a really vivid dream. That's pretty crazy, babes. I know. I don't know why I dreamt about that. I don't really want to touch any snakes. That's fair. I did meet this guy. Um, I think I was heading to, I forgot where I was heading to. He was a, he was a driver, a cab driver. And he told me that he used to bring reptiles to the blind school in Washington to show kids. And reptiles, that's a very loose term. That could mean like an alligator or yeah. it could mean a turtle, you know? He told me they, uh, that he used to bring snakes and 
getting um kids to not be so afraid of them but it would it would scare me though it depends on what kind of snake yeah like, like there are it, smaller snakes that don't have teeth and you don't really yeah. have to worry about them but if we're talking pythons or something like or that, cobras yeah or cobras i don't want to be around those yeah i think he probably brought the ones that were not going to harm the kids nice that's what i thought because nice. you know you, you are going to be liable if one of the kids gets hurt yeah but even so i mean i've seen talk shows where people brought like You've heard of the lady, um, Julie Scardina? No. She's like a um, a person that like uh, brings some interesting things like different animals. And um, she's an interesting lady. She's very um, into animals and she brings them on talk shows. And some of them, I think, are reptiles. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just do not see why somebody would want to own a pet snake. Because it's oh, different. No. I know people say like, well, a dog could attack you. Especially a bigger one. And yes, that's true. But at least with a dog, you can kind of train it so it can understand that you're its buddy. And the, and dogs, bigger dogs can love you. But with a the snake, they don't love you. No, they don't. They they can't, you know, they're not like dogs. Dogs want to be around humans all the time. And, yeah. And cats too. Exactly. They're not domesticated. So my friend had a a pet snake who I guess its name is Fluffy. And I was visiting her when her and her boyfriend were living with this guy and his pets. And she was like, hey, Fluffy, you want to say hi to Alana? Like, that is no, so crazy. No, get that away from me. Do not, do not bring that animal towards me. I was really freaking out. I hear you, babes. Yeah. I would be too. I was like, don't you dare. Yes. Mm -mm. Well, babes, we've said a lot. We did. We should probably wrap this up and head to the living room and watch some Columbo. And uh, eat a little bit of chocolate. Yes. And I'm excited to see not only what you think of the show, but what you think of Peter Falk, especially considering that we just watched Woman Under the Influence. And again, these were released within like three and a half months of each other. And we also saw him in Penelope and he was a lot calmer in Penelope. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's definitely a, more like his character in Penelope than he is like his character in A Woman Under the Influence. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear that because he was just crazy in that movie. He was. But, you know, yes. that shows just how good of an actor he is. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good, babe. So we kiss and wrap it up. Yeah. Right. Bubs. Hi, babes. Normal. I love you normal. Ah. By the way, really quick, has yes. anybody ever commented lately about, like, ever ask you, like, why do you guys kiss before you end the, the episode? No. If they did, I'd say, well, because I would want to go a little bit further. Oh. And this is our compromise. Oh. The, the episode. My goodness. You don't think that would be a good ending, you ending it with gargling? Ew! All right, like, give me a kiss and let's wrap it no, up. No, that was... Just disgusting that was, and uncalled for. And that's for. called a joke, babes. That's just a disgusting uh, joke, babes. Ow! What did I do? Oh, no, you pulled my hair. Oh, I no, I just touched it like this. I know, but it got caught in your hand. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Just give me a wiggle of kiss, babes. Babes! <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, 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 I just, okay. you licked the outside of my lip, and so I rubbed it on your arm, and now you're trying to rub it on. All right. All right. Is there anything else you want to say? No, it's all. Bye-bye uh, for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.